You're tuned to Emirates World with your host, Steve Harvey. You've very kindly forsaken all the other goodies on ice to tune to this channel, so we thank you for that, and hope you enjoy our next interview with author Keith Stewart. For many years, Keith was a journalist working for, among other publications, The Guardian newspaper in London, writing about computer games. His first book, A Boy Made of Blocks, was all about his relationship in real life with his autistic son. His second novel, Days of Wonder, is about a young girl with a serious heart condition. So, two fascinating subjects. Keith, welcome to Emirates World. Your first novel was based on real-life events. Your second novel, Days of Wonder, is that based on real-life events also, or is it fictional? It's it's really fictional. It's kind of inspired by two stories, uh, one more personal than the other. Um, my wife has a friend who uh, had hole-in-the-heart surgery when she was a baby and then went on to have surgery again on her heart as a teenager. So I was just having coffee with her one day and she was telling me all about this experience. And it was really interesting... Um, her telling me about being a teenager and feeling her own mortality, uh, which is an incredibly uh, difficult thing to think about. You know, as a, as a teenager, she found out um, from a cardiologist that the next operation she had, she had a 60-40 chance of survival. But at the same time, she was doing all the things that other teenage girls were doing, uh, you know, uh, boys and music and uh, fashion. And I just found, you know, that the sort of interplay of those two things really interesting. And the other thing is I'm a Manchester City supporter and um, very tragically, uh, Mark Vivian Ferry, a a midfielder who played for uh, Man City in the early 2000s, died of an undiagnosed heart condition uh, a few years ago. And it was uh, really affected me because he was such a a fantastic player. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It was tragic. Yeah, it was terrible. I mean, he died uh, during the African Nations uh, Cup. And uh, yeah, he was such a brave, he was such a warrior. And um, and yeah, it was it was it was terrible. It really affected me at the time, and I, and I think those two things together drew this story into my into my mind. I guess. Let's step back a few years. Uh, here you are, a successful journalist writing about computer games for a national newspaper, presumably playing them yourself. So, what inspired the first novel, uh, A Boy? made of blocks? It was actually, uh, I have to say, um, it was really down to a guy called Ed Wood, who's an editor at Little Brown Publishing. He has an autistic son and he read an article that I'd written about my son and about how he played Minecraft, the video game, and and how it had really helped him uh, in a lot of ways be more creative. Um, It it helped his speech because he loved to tell us about the video game. And I wrote an article about this for The Guardian and and Ed was looking for uh, a new type of family story, really. I think it had been a long time since people like Tony Parsons and and Nick Hornby were writing stories about fatherhood and he felt that there was a gap, really, in the market. So he actually approached me and I'd never thought of writing a novel before. I I didn't know if I could do it or not. But he had a lot of faith in me and he saw me through the process and we wrote a synopsis together and then I just went ahead head and um, I had a, I had a flight to Los Angeles to go to a big video game conference and I uh, had a, a gin and tonic and wrote the first three chapters on the plane <laughs> yeah on the plane yeah and then when I got to LA I emailed them to Ed and I thought that would be it I didn't think I'd hear from him again I thought he'd look at these and think well that wasn't such a great idea maybe not um, but he got back to me and said yeah we like it and then a week later I had a contract so. so this was not based on your own family this was based on Ed's family no it's definitely based on mine but because Ed has an autistic son 
son as well. He there was something about the story that I'd written about my son and, and Minecraft that really kind of connected with him because of, because his own son is roughly the same age as, as Zach, my son. The basis of Boy Made of Blocks is very much my relationship with, with my son Zach and us playing Minecraft together, but we totally fictionalised it, so there's no real life in in the in the book in the end. So tell me how it, how it worked out. There you have you got a, an autistic son Zach, and you. you facing the same problems that parents have the world over with dealing this with this particular um, symptoms. And, and so Zach starts playing Minecraft. And, and how did that help him in terms of developing your relationship with him? Well, with, with Zach, because he had a very limited vocabulary uh, all the way through um, his, uh, from, to- from a toddler onwards, his, his vocabulary was very limited. He found it very difficult to express himself. He didn't have the patience to do things like drawing and painting. Even playing with Lego was a bit, was a bit too demanding for him. But there was just something about technology that he got really, really quickly. He loved l- l- playing with iPad, even at the age of two. Uh, so I just Minecraft is a very creative game. It's like it's like digital Lego, really. Um, so I thought I'll sit down with him and try him and see if he'd like to play this game. Uh, and what you do in Minecraft is you can build like castles and mansions, and you can go on uh, you can go on adventures and explore and mine. And he just clicked. He really clicked with the game. He absolutely loved it. He loved that having that sort of power to express himself and to build things and to see those things on the screen. And um, what I found was that building things with him, he would start giving me directions and that required him to talk so that he actually st- it gave him that stimulus to start developing his vocabulary. And he learned all the words for the different minerals and weapons and items in the game. Although there's not that many weapons, luckily, because it's not really a fighting game. But he, you know, he, he learned the word... Um, he went from having like a vocabulary of like 10, 15 words to be able to say things like obsidian, you know, which most <laughs> of us don't use when we're eight years old. So, yeah, it was really... So I think that's what it was. And it also gave us something to do together as well. Um, and he was just as good as me. You know, he wasn't... I wasn't leading him. He was leading me. And I, and I think that was, you know, that was a really important thing for his confidence as well. Is it a collaborative game or, or are you pitched against each other? No, it's very much collaborative. So, um, you know, you can play on a console or on your PC and you can play with other people in the room uh, so you can have four people playing together and building together and I think that was another valuable thing for him as well you know it wasn't competitive he didn't have to try and beat someone else he could work with them and I think you know with often with children on the autism spectrum they can feel socially isolated so you know having something this sort of distraction on a screen allowed him to talk to other people you know and we've seen that since with other with other video games as well. Was there a particular point where you were sitting there with Zach playing Minecraft was there a particular point when suddenly everything clicked for you and you felt, gosh, you finally made the breakthrough. Yeah, I mean, there was a couple, really. I think actually one of the one of the most important and interesting moments I actually captured and sort of fictionalised in Boy Made of Blocks. So anyone that's read the book will, will recognise this. But we were we were worrying about Zach at school because he was coming home. He's in a mainstream school and he was coming home reasonably distracted and a little sorry for himself at, at times, but found it difficult to tell us why. So we were playing Minecraft one day and we actually built together. We built a classroom in Minecraft. And as we were building, he was telling me a little bit about his life at school. And the game kind of unlocked that. And we found out that he was having difficulties. One of the other pupils at school had been bullying him a little. But we only found this out through building together. And so, you know, from, from, from that point on, I realized how important that this video game, and in fact, lots of video games could be. It's just a method of giving him a space that allowed him to talk about his life, I think. 
And how is Zach now? He's okay. He's doing okay. He's still at he's still at mainstream school. Um, he's still playing lots of video games. He like he plays Fortnite like everyone else. Uh, um, but yeah, he's he's doing okay. I think school is always going to be a struggle for him. Um, but I think one of the things you learn very quickly is that we just need him to be happy, and like everything else is going to come from his happiness. If he feels happy and secure, then other things will come from it. So, and they've been amazing. Like we've been really lucky with our school, and they've given him a lot of help and support. So, Keith, we've been talking primarily about your first book. Let's talk about your second book, Days of Wonder. It's about a little girl called Hannah with a heart condition. And we talked a little bit about it at the start of the interview. But tell us a little bit more about the character of Hannah and, and what happens to her without giving too much away. Yes. We do want people to go and buy the book. Yeah, absolutely. That's very important. Uh, yes. Yeah, so Hannah is a 15-year-old. She lives in a, a, a small a small town in Somerset with her father, uh, Tom, who runs a small uh, local theatre. And uh, just at the stage where the theatre is under in jeopardy, um, the council want to knock it down to build some um, to build some flats or some houses. Uh, is the same time where Hannah's heart condition. She has a condition called uh, cardiomyopathy, uh, which affects the lining of the heart and makes it very difficult for the, the heart to um, to pump blood around the, the body. So her condition becomes slightly worse. So they have these kind of twin uh, dramas in their lives, and the book is really about how they deal with them and where their lives go and the theatre for Hannah is very much the place where she grew up because Tom was so committed to the theatre she was always in there she grew up in the in the auditorium on the stage sorry who's Tom Tom is her father. Okay. So yeah, Tom is Tom is Hannah's father. Uh, so they live together. The, the the mother has left the the, the family. She left when um, Hannah was a toddler. Uh, she's moved to Dubai, in fact. Um, so coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's about their relationship and about their, how they cope with these dramas that they're both facing. It's really a story about community and make believe and stories and love and perseverance. Did you have to do much research for this? I did a lot of research. Yeah, I I'm lucky that. My sister is a matron at uh, Great Ormond Street Hospital in London, and she uh, was able to introduce me to a cardiologist, uh, Dr. Matthew Fenton, uh, who's a a paediatric cardiologist at the hospital. And he was amazing. He helped me all the way through the book. He gave me lots of information about how teenagers cope with um, heart conditions. Um, He told me all about their treatment. Uh, I met Jane Crook, who's a nurse that deals with uh, cardiac patients, and she was telling me about the drugs that they have to take and how teenagers react to having a potentially life-limiting condition so like I completely uh, I, I really relied on Great Ormond Street Hospital quite considerably for a lot of the research so but with the theatre stuff there's lots of theatre stuff in there as well and I, I, I am I'm an ex-drama teach, um, ex-drama student so a lot of that came from my own knowledge and memories. So right you, you've done your first book about a boy suffering from autism you've done your second book about a girl suffering from a heart condition presumably you're now working on your next novel I am yes can you tell us anything about that yeah a little bit that's got no it's got no conditions in it whatsoever it's a very different type of book (laughs) it's kind of um, yeah it's it's, so it's it's difficult to explain but it's kind of a love story partly set in Bath uh, beautiful Jane Austen city in the southwest of England uh, during uh, the time it was bombed in 1942 but it follows the lead character all the way through to the modern day and and switches between the two so it's a it's sort of almost like a 
a, a science fictiony love story um, with um, some elements of uh, parallel dimensions. So it's incredibly difficult from everything I've written before, and it's been really difficult to write so far. Sounds intriguing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a completely different idea. I just thought I've done like I did two stories about very small families going through big dramas, uh, but what I what I've always stressed as well is that they're all, that I try to make them funny. Uh, they've got lots of humour in them, and I love that kind of interplay between humour and tragedy. Uh, and so this is a story which has funny and amusing moments in it, but also tragedy. I, you know, I cover the bombing of Braff during the Second World War, which lots of people don't know about, um, but caused massive damage to, to one of the most beautiful cities in the world. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Given it's now 2019, when will this next novel see the light of day? When will we... When would it be on the bookshelves? So it's going to be out, I suspect, probably autumn of next year, 2020. So there's a, a lot of work to be done on it. Yes. Yeah, I'm 25. I've just hit 25,000 words. So, uh, so yeah, there's there's a long way to go. And do you still write for newspapers and magazines? I do. Yeah, I'm still writing about video games, and I take a lot of inspiration from games and the way that they tell stories. You know, I love uh, video games as as kind of narrative things. Are really interesting to me. So yeah, I, I, I'll always write about video games. I think for fans of video games listening to us right now, which is your favourite? Which is the one that's uh, excited you most uh, over the last few months? Well, um, I mean. It's amazing to see Rockstar uh, coming out with another game, Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, which is a big kind of adve- a Western adventure uh, game. Uh, all their games are always really beautiful and imaginative and filled with detail. I, it, so that, that's been an amazing thing to see. We're all looking forward to catching up with you in Dubai. Uh, is this your first visit to Dubai? No, I've been a couple of times before, actually. So I came to the festival two years ago and had an amazing time. And I've been before to a video games event. So I've been lucky. I've been really lucky to explore the city. And this time around, uh, looking forward to it? Absolutely, yeah. I, I've already I've already met uh, a couple of the authors uh, that, that are going to be um, at the event. And I think it's really great. I think it's really interesting because you get quite an interesting, uh, really, really engaged audience. Um, last time I was here with Boy Made of Blocks, I spent a lot of time just talking to people after my, my, my event. There's a real kind of curiosity about the arts, I think, in, in Dubai, which just makes it so worthwhile. Well, look, it's been great uh, having you as our guest today here on Emirates World. And if you've enjoyed our conversation with Keith Stewart, you might like to read his books, A Boy Made of Blocks, and his current bestseller, Days of Wonder. I'm Steve Harvey. This is Emirates World. Keith, thank you very much. Thanks for having me.